This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Wednesday, March 30th. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with a man who would never miss Sunday school. Jason Shepard. And certainly not if my teacher were one Donny Osmond. Of course not. Um, and I saw this because Spencer Linton retweeted this last night. It you was don't a, follow Donny? I, I do, but I, for some reason I did not see the you don't original. Have notifications from every <laughs> Donny Osmond So tweet? So Donny Osmond last night <laughs> tweeted out, uh, quote, I teach Sunday school for the 15, 16, and 17-year-old teenagers at our church. This day was the story of Joseph from the Old Testament. What better way to teach that lesson than to wear my Joseph coat? <laughs> so I guess you could say Joseph taught about Joseph. How cool is that? That is uh, amazing. And by the way, nobody has an excuse that they're too good for a calling if Donny Osmond's teaching Sunday school. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly right. No, that's amazing. Um, it's literally the amazing Technicolor dream. That is awesome. So that's cool. that, is, that is so cool. One time Donny Osmond liked your tweet and you freaked out. I loved it. I, I've had Donny Osmond like a tweet. I believe I've had Donny Osmond reply to a tweet. It's been a couple years, so I don't yeah. know if I've angered him. So, Donny, if I've said something... <laughs> Or maybe tweeted something. Um, please let me know. I, I did not mean to offend. Last winter, he showed up one Tuesday night, taking a little tour with uh, you know a member of our staff here, and he came into the control room, and I just kind of turned and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Donny Hudson's here! Like, what? What is this? This is amazing." So someone said, <laughs> one of our students <laughs> said, "Where do I know you from?" And I was like, "Oh no! Oh no! Oh no!" And <laughs> and then he was so nice about it. He goes, "Probably Mulan." <laughs> <laughs> like, right. like, like to you and I, it's a different. Yes, like, what, it's my a compl- mom grew up huge crush on Donny Osmond, was right. like a teenager, the whole deal. My mom's watching; she knows. Yeah, but <laughs> Mulan probably. I was like, yeah, I'll make a man out of you. Great song, very great song. <laughs> Soldier of Love, though, is Soldier of Love is like uh, we're talking incredible. like yeah. late eighties. Yeah. Donny Osmond, our, Soldier our of Love. Our students have fantastic. no clue on the staff what Soldier of Love is probably. Yeah, no. Okay, uh, the, look it up. The it's more really we good. do this, the more I realize I'm not actually 28 anymore. Okay, <laughs> here's your show lineup. What does men's hoops need to add to the roster to make the NCAA tournament next year? We'll break down uh, the roster. Look who is scheduled to come back. That doesn't mean everyone's coming back, but we'll break it down. All Pro tight end Chad Lewis joins the program to discuss the alumni game tomorrow. How many hamstrings will be pulled? How Taysom Hill can be a great tight end. We'll break it down with him. Mark Pope flies on an old plane. And Chloe Temples and her 1.97 ERA from the softball team discussed the amazing nine runs with two outs to Mercy Rule Iowa State situation last week. Uh, that I'd, was amazing. I'd never, I'd never seen anything like that in my life. That's it crazy. was unbelievable. That's crazy. But first, let's throw down some headlines. Pro Football Focus, college football analyst Anthony Tresh lists Tyler Algier is the fourth best running back in the upcoming 2022 NFL Draft. Notably, that means he has him ranked above Kenneth Walker III of Michigan State and Isaiah Spiller of Texas A&M. Algier ranked third in total rushing yards last season and first in rushing touchdowns. I am so excited to see where he ends up. It's going to be exciting. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, the Seahawks or Chiefs. Alex Barcelo has been selected for the Reese's College All-Star Game in New Orleans this Friday at 4.30 Eastern on CBS Sports Network. One more chance to watch Alex play in BYU Uni. Perhaps it's a Reese's Uni 
Uh, no word on if he gets unlimited Reese's that day, though. If he does, we will put in a request. By the way, you fan of Reese's? Pieces? Massive. Oh, pieces? Yes. Or, or Reese's. Generally either Reese's. One, huge one. fan. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. We always have Reese's in our refrigerator. Ooh. Constantly. You like you like them cold? The wife does. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Some like it hot. Okay. Very, very good. Moving. Uh, I, I'm aware. Uh, it was a beatdown yesterday. BYU baseball taking down Washington State 9-3 yeah. yesterday afternoon. Cougars improved to 13-9 on the season. 5-0 against the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. BYU begins a three-game series on the road at St. Mary's tomorrow. Let's go. Paisley Harding and Sarah Hampson are among 88 players who filed for inclusion in the 2022 WNBA draft, which is April 11th in New York City. It's three rounds and includes 36 players total. Ashley Hatch made the 23-player roster for the U.S. Women's National Team's April Friendlies. Hatch has three goals for the Women's National Team. The U.S. plays Uzbekistan on April 9th and April 12th. I know it's not the right country, but very nice. (laughs) Cougars in the pros. T.J. Haas had 16 points, five assists for the Lakeland Magic. Charles Abuo had 13 points and win for SM Le Portel in France. And Brandon Davies is out three games with FC Barcelona with a shoulder injury. And track and field signs Logan Hubler out of American Leadership Academy in Arizona. Quarterback for them. He was. He's the, he, he, he was the quarterback. For Max Hall and Ty Demmer? For Ty Demmer. He was the quarterback there. Yes, Very nice. deciding to go track and field. That's cool. Uh, Hubler won a state uh, championship in the 110-meter hurdles. Wow. The 300-meter hurdles and the 4x400 relay last year. That's cool, man. How, t- how many times do you see uh, that happen? I know. That's pretty I was cool. doing a little. I was looking him up and doing a little research, doing and little he was research. a starting quarterback. Doing a little research. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Okay, men's hoops is in postseason mode, also in preseason mode for next year. At the same time, as we look ahead to next year's roster, Jason, let's break down who's potentially returning, what the Cougars need to improve the roster. So, scholarship players with eligibility coming back. Let's start in the backcourt. Trevin Nell, Spencer Johnson, Gideon George found out his fifth season will count against the 13, by the way. I thought it wouldn't. That surprised me a little bit. Seneca Knight, Hunter Erickson, Trey Stewart. So, there's six. Frontcourt, just three. Caleb Lohner, Foos, Atiki Ali Atiki. Okay? Okay. So, there's nine dudes... We're on Scully. What, what? Nate Hanson. Walk-on, right? Uh, walk-ons of note. Jeremy Dowdell, Nate Hanson, uh, Powda Winitana, and Casey Brown. Walk-ons tend to be more year-to-year than scholarship players. Correct. Although scholarship players are year-to-year technically as well. Okay, newcomers. These are all backcourt players coming back from missions. Dallin Hall, the former Gatorade Player of the Year in Utah. Tanner Toulson, who was a tremendous player out of Vancouver, Washington. Shout-out to the Couve, the 360. And Richie Saunders out of Wasatch, who was high school teammates, with Foos. So, uh, you, you add those up. You go, okay, there's uh, 12, and there's one scholarship left. But it doesn't mean all those dudes are coming back. Correct. There may be some guys that choose to go elsewhere. There may be some guys that BYU says, uh, you're off Scully. You can be a walk-on. There, there's always remember. roster turnover. Yes. Every roster goes through this every year. So, yes, there are 12 sort of penciled in next year. That means there's one scholarship spot. I would be surprised if there's only one. Just let's just call it how it is. So, Shep, what does BYU need to add to this group to make the dance next year? Well, and I think it's something that we've talked about a whole lot. And I, and I, I realize that uh, the basketball has really gone somewhat positionless. I'm still going to refer to it, though, as you need a one and a five. And, yeah. And, and sure. first priority, you, you've got to find somebody 
to take over the role of Alex Barcelo. And it's not, and I'm not even just talking specifically about being the go-to guy or the, the leader. I'm talking more his primary ball handler responsibilities. More of the point guards. More, more of the point guard. So because, a combo of Tijon so, so, and Alex. Real, well, really, you're, you're losing your two primary ball handlers. So I think priority number one, you've got to find a guy that can lead whatever the offense is going to look like next year. Yeah. You've got to find a guy that can come in and be the point guard. Be the one that sets everybody up. Because not only did you lose Alex, but with Tijon, those are your two guys that – that those responsibilities fell on their shoulders. So I, I think that you got to go and find somebody. And look, we're at the point now where, you know, it's it's going to be a mix of getting guys in that you recruited out of high school, mm-hmm. build them up, but also the transfer portal, which we know Coach Pope uh, and his staff have have been, you know, a part of for several years, you know, dating all the way back to, to Utah Valley. But I think you probably need to get one of each. You need to get a point guard, and I know that that Dallin Hall is is a is a point guard, a wing. He can probably do both. So maybe the long term answer is him. But I think you need to get a guy yes. that that can come in right now that has had experience at this level at the point guard position. I think that's the number one priority. They can get BYU back to where it needs to go. Hundred percent. Dallin Hall is going to be a baller. I just don't think they need him to be a baller next year. I think he needs a year to get his mission legs. Uh, you know gone, and then then he'll be a guy in the Big 12. Um, I, I doubt he'll redshirt, but you look at all those all those backcourt players, all those wings essentially, twos and threes, and you go, Nell, Johnson, George Knight. You're like, hey, that's a solid group of four. Hunter Erickson, going to be an upperclassman now. Trey Stewart, limited action. Not sure you know what those two bring compared to the top four who have had more experience. Maybe they need a chance. We'll see. But um, I would be shocked. At, yeah, BYU needs a point guard. I think they need a second guard as well to come in that can come in and and, and lead this group. I think as currently constituted, not an NCAA tournament team, thus the need to add. But, yeah, I, I think it's for sure a point guard. I also think BYU needs an experienced center. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's like my I, number two. That was it for yes, me. Yes, if BYU is rolling out uh, Caleb Lohner and Foos constantly being undersized at the five, I don't think you become a tourney team. I think there were issues um, – defensively and rebounding late in the season where you needed a true five. Tiki Aliatiki made some really nice strides. I'm excited about his future. I just don't want him to feel like he has to be the only center on the team next year. Obviously, you need somebody. I think it'd be nice to have someone that comes in and is like a 10-5 and kind of guy that can lead the way. Grad transfer would be great because then Atiki can be uh, you know, a junior going into the Big 12 as the starting center. That would be ideal. But I, I, I would like a point guard. You know, if we're at the BYU basketball drive-through, hey, what do you want? I want a point guard. I want a shooting. I also want a shooting guard what to dipping, add to this What group. dipping sauce do you want with that? Uh, buffalo and barbecue, please. A little bit of ranch. And uh, a center. So I'm getting picky, which means there's going to be a few guys uh, that aren't on this team next year that we don't anticipate now. That could be their own choice. That could be BYU's choice. That's just the reality of the situation. But I, I think this team isn't – super far away from having the pieces because I think, like, Big 12 quality players, I think BYU has several ready to go. Caleb Lohner, Foose, Tiki in the future, right? A lot of these guards are going to be graduated to that, at that point, but like a Dallin Hall type, of Tanner Toulson, Richie Saunders. I'm excited for that. For BYU to compete in the Big 12, and by compete, I mean go 500. I'm not talking about winning the league. Like, that's insane. Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, that's too hard. Houston um, in the future. Compete to me is... Go 500, make the tourney. That BYU needs to uh, raise its talent level game. We're seeing this in football right now, Shep. That the football team is 
raising its yes. game, getting to 10 wins the last two years. COVID, amazing. Last year was like, oh, it's for real. I also want to bring this up. Two years ago, BYU was a sixth seed at large in the NCAA tournament. Why? Brandon Averett and Matt Harms. That's why. Because you brought in grad transfers that could really impact the program. I think BYU needs a similar situation. Doesn't need to be grad transfer per se. I think that point guard needs to be someone who's going to be here a couple years. Another wing and a center. If you're going to be a tourney team. Being a tourney team is different than being an NIT run team. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what this staff does because they have proven they can get impact transfers. Tijon Lucas, Matt Harms, Brandon Averett, Jake Toulson, getting Yoli back. They have crushed it every year with at least one or two players that really impacted the season. Well, and how many times do we see, I mean, just about any time somebody's in the transfer portal, we see somebody that says, oh, and BYU is one of the ones that have already made contact. They're shooting they, their shots. They, they are going yes. out. They are making sure that they are looking at every possible avenue of bringing in talent. And it's it's interesting because I and I feel this m- more towards basketball than I do football. I don't I don't know if I feel this way at all about football for next year, but I do for basketball. And maybe it's a conversation for another day. But what's really next year all about for basketball? Yes, is it a, about next year or is it, or is it about the Big 12? It's a, great it's a very very interesting question that maybe we'll we'll touch on later in the week. I think anyone that says something's not about now is a little naive. And that doesn't all, it's yeah. always about now. Yes, always. Like, and it's, you, it's you winning need... as many games as you I'm not saying you're not trying to win that. That's not what yes. I'm saying. But if I told you, hey, the first year in the Big 12, BYU makes the tourney because they invested in some younger talent right. and didn't go grad transfer who would leave, is it worth it? Yeah. I would argue yes. See, like, and I, like, but I don't well, feel that way about football. It's like, a completely different. Like, was 7-6, seven 7-6 and, was seven and, six, seven and six worth it to get uh, 11 wins and 10 wins? Yeah. I would argue yes, yeah. we're, it's, it's, but we're in the middle of that, right? so it's more enjoyable than after 7-6 and six going, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> Our question of the day, what does the men's basketball roster need to add to next year's team to make it back to the dance? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Ben Peterson on Twitter. You can weigh in on Facebook and Instagram as well. The first thing that comes to mind is shot creators, someone who can take the ball, get a shot when needed, the second is depth for the front court. Yeah, just three front court players is a problem. BYU needs to add two. I guess the one I was referring to, and you were as well, was like an impact player. You could probably have a backup who can be developed, but there's got, yeah, you can't roll into a season with three front court players. Right. BYU's got to have at least five um, and go from there. So I like the three they have, um, and then you go from there. There are a lot of backward players right now. There's going to be some attrition naturally uh, in that situation. So. We'll see. Uh, all right, coming up, we present Jerem Jordan with another reason to possibly shave his head. Oh, no, I'm 100% in on this reason. <laughs> and Chad Lewis joins us in a, in his own jersey? I'm telling you. Uh, on the uh, alumni game Thursday, Taysom Hill's a tight end we will discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. Seeing him in that jersey brings back so many great memories. I know, dude. He looks amazing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Thursday for the BYU football alumni game as former BYU quarterbacks Max Hall and Kevin Federick lead their teams one more time at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Watch the game Thursday, 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app as Blaine and uh, Dave McCann call the action with Spencer and Jerem on the sidelines. You know who's going to be on the show tomorrow that's never been on the show before? K-12 
Kevin Federick. Ooh. You know who has a Kevin Federick jersey? You do. This guy. <laughs> Are you going to wear it tomorrow? Oh, heck yeah. You're going to have him sign it? It's already signed. By oh, Kevin? Yes. <laughs> from like 98 or really? something. Yeah. It was, uh, was it the 98 or 99 Motor City Bowl? We lost, so we try and forget that one, but it's all good. We're live in Studio B. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard. Let's welcome in Chad Lewis to the program, who is donning an old school replica 1996 jersey. That's amazing. Jersey. This it is looks... what we're wearing tomorrow night under the lights. So it says Lewis on the back? <laughs> Heck yeah, I see it. Oh, spinning all the way around. There we go. Beautiful. There it is. Look at that 360. He's not wired up. See, he can spin around. <laughs> How sweet was that to see Max Hall throwing a fellow tight end, Andrew George, for a walk-off touchdown to beat the Utes? Good clip. Now, now here, yes, it was. Now, here's the risk in having this game. Max said it last week. He goes, I don't want the last memory of me being in this alumni <laughs> game. I want it to be from 09 versus Utah. But this is going to be a ton of fun to have all the guys back. His legacy has been established. I think he's the most winning player that's ever played here. He's just competitor. Love that dude. It's fun that he's coming back. This is this is alumni day, so everyone's coming back home. It's more than just the game. It's more it's than just day. the game. Yeah, it's all day. There's going to be uh, a lot of get-togethers, lunches, dinners, whatever. And this is a way for us, alumni, to give back to our, our younger brothers. You, you, you choose to come to BYU. You're in the brotherhood. There's no cool guy clicks. There's no, these are the popular football are you sure? players. The quarterbacks hang out a lot. I just told you. <laughs> okay, so you're on the team. You're part of us. We're one family. So you're going to see people on the sidelines having fun in the stands. Like, it's, this is one big family. It's a brotherhood. And that means, it means something to us. Well, and you, you were telling us that obviously we've seen a lot of the names that are going to be participating in the game, but you're saying there's going to be so many more people that have ties to BYU that bleed cougar blue, they're going to be there that aren't even going to be participating. Right. They don't want to be pulling hamstrings tomorrow night. They just <laughs> want to be there having fun, seeing each other. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people there all day tomorrow BYU. You want to come down? It's free entry. Come in and uh, party with us. What, what's good. the genesis of this? How did this the game part of it – like how, how – because games have existed yes, in the past. Like, but I, I've got yeah. to assume there was probably a little bit of hesitation for being like, wait, you, you want us to do what? <laughs> there, typically, there's a blue and white game, all right? And they've several times they've done a little flag football game or, you know. This time, this is um, central stage. I mean, there's no blue and white game. The practice is going to be from 3 to 5. There'll be a dinner. Then after that, we'll, we'll play the game. So it's a way to bring alumni back. It's a way to remind alumni – it's a chance for us to give back to the program. Um, you see Andy Reid coming back last week. No, no greater lover of BYU than Andy Reid. And he tells his team, he tells the media, he's not shy about it. He's very proud that he came to BYU and embraced this brotherhood. He's, he's part of it. There were some cool photos uh, last week of him walking around. Was what, what was that visit like uh, for him? And I know Jack DeMooney got the uh, driver status. Yeah. So, so he's like, yeah, I just wanted to talk with Andy the whole time. It was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Taxi cab, uh, Jack. <laughs> the greatest. To have Andy ever. come back and speak to the guys, speak to all the coaches, and as soon as he starts speaking, he he has a head coach presence, and it was that way when he spoke to the high school coaches, and it was that way when he addressed the team. You look at him, and he's Andy Reid, and then when he starts speaking. He's Andy Reid, head coach, and there's he's got this he's got this great presence and but absolute humility. He is exactly who he is. He doesn't pretend to be anyone. He's not. He cares about his family. He cares about football. He cares about BYU. Loves the Chiefs. 
he's it was it was so cool to be with him, talk to him, and and I had the lucky fortune to play for him for seven years, and we still talk all the time. Like his his ability to communicate with his players, current and past, is unparalleled. You, as you mentioned, you have the personal history with Coach Reed. And then at the end of last year, your son-in-law, Matt, was part of the Chiefs. What's, yeah. his, what's his situation? Is he planning on going to camp with the Chiefs? What, where, where's uh, Matt's situation right now? He's on the Chiefs. The backup tight end got hurt in the AFC Championship yep. game. So he would have played in the Super Bowl. Um, he would have dressed in the Super Bowl? Yeah, he would have been saying? playing. Correct. He would have been on the fixture. Oh, That's oh right. my God. I know, I know. He's right there. So... He's going back. He'll be there for the off-season training. He's on the team. He's going to have a great opportunity. Here's the here's the gift of playing with a great tight end like Travis Kelsey. You, he's going to draw coverage. If you can be the opposite tight end and on the field at the same time as Travis, that means you're going to get the worst cover defender on the field, whether it's nickel, whether it's linebacker. You're going to be able to showcase who you are. So I think Matt is going to have a great opportunity this year to showcase his speed, his hands, things that you can't coach, you can't teach. He was born with those things. So I can't wait to see what he can do. That's exciting. So in the matchup with you and Atula Mili, who got the worst cover defender then? <laughs> it was We, we <laughs> traded spots, and we knew how to get each other open. We knew each other, how we moved, yeah. and we knew the offense so well. Coach Chow put us in great spots. And Steve Sarkeesian lit us up. So, I mean, we were just every game felt to us felt like a track meet. It was like, let's go. It was that, so fun. That was a great answer to avoid saying which one of you is the number one. That was fantastic. He's a beast. He would have been first, second round pick if he did not blow out his knee in the WAC championship game. Would have been that high. That's and awesome. I went in as a free agent, healthy and hungry. I was given a great opportunity. I played nine years in the pros. He played nine years in the pros. So, um, for us to play on the same field again tomorrow night, to be teammates again, <laughs> this pumps me up. That's pretty e cool. Etula Mealy, yeah. baby. Is That's pretty cool, man. Is there somebody that maybe you haven't seen in a while that you're really excited to see tomorrow night? Um, I got the list of all the people here. Um, and just looking at the list of who's coming back, I'm pumped to see every one of them. Reno Mahe, he was a teammate of mine at Philadelphia. Love Reno. And we had so much fun. That dude was a great teammate. But all these guys, Brian Keel, I played with his brother, Ed. Um, I, lo I love looking at every one of those names. Curtis Brown, he had himself some triplets. Harvey Onga, Fui Vakapuna, Max Hall, they're all coming back. My quarterbacks, Kevin Federick, Charlie Peterson. Let's go. Do you have to get Kalani a touchdown being on the Royal team? Like, are you obligated so. to try and set yeah. him up? Want to, yeah, yeah, I think that's right? cool. Yeah. Haven't even thought about that, no, but no one's cool like, that you thought about that. Like strategically, the Navy can't like prevent that. Right? He needs a it touchdown, has to happen, right. right? For a guy, for a guy that had a ton of great blocks, had some touchdowns. <laughs> That's right, He's a good blocker, right? We're talking to Chad Lewis on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about uh, Taysom Hill here. It's announced. Uh, Dennis Allen's like, yeah, I want you to play tight end. <laughs> you know, we wish he could play quarterback here. Obviously, he's so versatile. We know all that. As a former tight end in the NFL. How can Taysom become, because once he embraces a role, he goes after it hard, a great tight end in the NFL? Well, uh, Coach Allen talked about him being an F tight end, so a move tight end. So similar to what he's been doing as a Swiss Army knife, he'll continue to do. So Tell me the difference between F tight end and others. It's just what they're saying is we're not going to put Taysom on the line with his hand in the dirt blocking defensive ends 60% of the time. 
we're going to put him on the field to catch, to carry the ball, to throw it if we have a trick play, um, but to be a weapon. So they're not going to waste him, um, turn him into a mule when he's a stallion. He's, he's one of the most enjoyable guys in the NFL to watch because he can do so much. His speed, quickness, power ratio is um, – he's not from planet Earth, I can tell you that. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a beast. And so the, the big news is that Coach Allen was just saying he's not going to be a quarterback. That is big news. I, I, think, I know he's a quarterback. He's a winner. Um, but he's going to embrace this opportunity. He's going to rip it. Your shirt right there demonstrating what he can do to the you know, great players. So I'm, I'm really excited. Love him. One of the things that's been really fun, especially over the last couple of years, is the sheer number of former Cougars that are in the NFL. And it's not just taking up a roster spot. We're I talking know. about guys starting Zach Wilson, Fred Warner, for, Kyle Van Noy. The, we what have does that players. mean for this program? It, it says that BYU's done a good job of recruiting talented guys that have the ability to go to the next level if they stay healthy and work hard. And that's what's happening. You're seeing guys work. No one's ever watched more tape than Zach Wilson in the history of BYU football times 100. And the talent level, if you look at, you know, we just talked about Taysom, but Fred Warner, starting middle linebacker, taking his team to the Super Bowl, his speed, his athletic ability is really off the charts. Kyle Van Noy's ability to make plays and – um, guys at every position going out, showing out, um, really playing well. That's, that shows, says a lot about our coaches, about this program, and hopefully that continues. The more guys we get in the NFL, the more recruits want to come here and play for BYU. Talking to Chad Lewis on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Tyler Algier is the next guy, and oh, hopefully man. some other guys, right? Uh, James Empey and Neil Powell with Samson Nakua. We'll Samson see. had a great pro yes, day. Yes, he did, absolutely. As seen on uh, BYU TV here. With Tyler, uh, is there a team that you think would be a good fit, or is there a round that makes sense for him as a draft pick? It was interesting when Andy was here. Andy knew exactly who Tyler was, watched him, and said, hey, um, Eric Bieniemy, my offensive coordinator, loves you. Here, talk to him. <laughs> and, and so Tyler at the table talked to Eric for 10 minutes. You know, and just uh, as, a Chiefs right fan, as a Chiefs fan, that's music to my ears. So. Look what Tyler can do. He can play special teams. He can play running back. He finishes games with speed. He has field speed that he's proved game in, game out. He has the speed to go the distance. That's, that's, that's a skill that he's got. He's a workhorse and he's humble. He's exactly what 32 NFL coaches want. Someone who's willing to come in and go to the special teams coach and say, put me in, coach. He's a guy who's willing to say, give me the ball, either hand off or throw it. Let me prove to you I deserve to be here. I mean, he's, he's a special human being. What, what a great story. Without story question. Amazing. What, uh, what great story. What's been your impression of, uh, of spring football and, and what gets you excited about this upcoming season? Uh, here's my impression of spring football. When you have a returning quarterback with a lot of confidence that's as good as Jaron, you have an exceptional team. And then when you combine it with an offensive line that's as big and deep and long as these guys, with Kingsley coming back and um, Blake, all, all those guys are really big. They have tons of experience. That offensive line is what drives the strength and success of your team. So those two positions that I'm looking at, and then you know Chris coming in from Cal, he's had a great camp. Um, you got receivers like Puka and Gunner that are anchoring. You got a 
you got a defense that's hungry. They've been banged up. They're coming off of surgeries, but those dudes are hungry. They want to prove it. I think spring ball has been, been exceptional. I'm looking forward to the challenge that is uh, fewer power fives, but probably better power fives. Because Arkansas is going to be good. Baylor won the Big 12. Obviously, Notre Dame and Vegas is going to be huge at Oregon. Who's their I second mean, game? Uh, second game is uh, Baylor. Baylor. What happened last year in that game? <laughs> didn't didn't go like we wanted, right? That was a tough contest. Yeah, yeah. That was a well-coached on both sides. That was a beast of a game, and our guys are looking forward to that game. That's a big game. Yes. They, they Just like 83-84, we owe, owe Baylor. That's true. <laughs> we, don't believe, we don't believe in – uh, you know, re- redemption. We don't believe in – President Lee said something so funny in the locker room against uh, – we're playing Arizona State. He said, we don't believe in retribution, but we do believe in paying our debts. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> it was what so a great good. quote. That's yeah. funny. Okay, well, Chad, we appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck. Make sure you stretch out tomorrow for the game, and we're looking forward to multiple touchdowns in the corner. Yeah, no yeah. heroes tomorrow. No pulled muscles. Just <laughs> catch a ball, have fun, and uh, just enjoy being with my teammates. No heroes tomorrow. Tell that to Mitch Matthews, Brandon Bradley. These guys are going to try and win every game. They're still young and game. limber. They can go for it. It's true. <laughs> if, they, if they pop a muscle, they can, they Is can heal. Is Brandon still young and limber? Question mark? He's still young okay, and limber. Yeah. yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, I, I love Brandon. Okay, thanks, Chad. Thanks, go Chad. Cougs. <laughs> All right, coming up, Chloe Temples joins us as BYU softball looks to keep things rolling against New Mexico. And when you see the uh, Texas Longhorn helmet, do you think of Taysom Hill? Because we sure do. We'll talk about it. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, my goodness. What a play. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. On the latest Deep Blue podcast, Jerem Jordan, I've heard of him, talks with David Nixon in part one uh, about almost going to Texas A&M, the 2006 Classic versus Utah, and working with Walter Staubach. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. I did not anticipate going multiple parts with David, but we got going, and I didn't even get to like the end of his BYU career in NFL. Career. So so part one, does that mean of two? Did you of go part of three? Yep, we recorded two yesterday. You go with the trilogy. You didn't yes. want the, you couldn't do the There's, trilogy? There. <laughs> It's all about trilogies. David's these days. interesting, but not that interesting. Oh boy! Um, there's only one. There's only one couple uh, or person that I will have done three with, Mark and Leanne Pope. Okay. We need to record the third part, but we've done two parts of them. I haven't even gotten to the BYU section. You haven't done the, the Return of the Jedi version yeah, yes. yet. Yes, Revenge of the Jedi. That would change. It was changed to, to Return yeah, of the Jedi. Yeah. Yes. Oh, hey, what's up? Welcome We're back. On? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeremy's Jason. Remember to follow BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Good Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. Bleacher Report listed BYU as one of six dark horse contenders for the college football playoff in 2022. Are you buying the idea BYU is a dark horse for the playoffs? Please hand me those goggles. Okay. And, All right. Uh, I will send this blue goggle nice alert. Blue Thank goggle you. alert. Uh, with the blue, blue goggles, goggles on, alert. absolutely. Blue goggle alert. Okay, Seri- seriously though. Playoff, no. New Year's Six at large, sure. If BYU has one loss or fewer, they should be in the mix. Um, they were in the mix with two losses last year and just missed out. So one loss, you are in the mix. Doesn't mean you're going to make it. Depends on bowl rotation and whatnot. This team, especially on offense, has the weapons to make it interesting here and the experience. I'm excited. Certainly we'll know early in the season. Like if BYU beats Baylor at home in week two, it's on, baby. Right. At Oregon, Notre Dame neutral. Like these are tough, tough games. 
um, Arkansas at home. If you can go three and one in those four, you got a shot. Yeah, I mean, I think New Year's Six, look, and we've seen it the last two years, BYU has put itself in a position to be in one of those New Year's Six. Now, it obviously didn't happen, but do I? am I buying the idea of, of a dark horse for the playoff? I, that that would be... Playoff feels too much. That that feels like that's a really big carrot. Yes. Um, We'd take New Year's Six but, right now. But like. look, look, I'm not going to put anything past what this team has done because everybody after Zach Wilson left said they weren't going to be... Well, we saw. And yes. so... But, and look, and this, and you even said it with Chad. You know, you're you maybe aren't playing as many P5s as you you've done. Now they're good. They'll be more notable. Yeah. Yes. So last year it didn't make a splash. Going six and one in the P5s yes. didn't make a and splash like we thought. How many times did we say you need a, you need history of being in this position? BYU has two years of being in this position. Maybe yes. now you get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Yes, with one loss maybe. Yep. Right. Because BYU is going to lose and probably multiple games. But if they had one loss, maybe New Year's six. Let's right. go. Okay, PFF, Pro Football Focus, posted a picture of a Texas Longhorns helmet and asked, who's the first player that comes to mind while looking at that image? Uh, to which uh, Jason D. Jolly tweeted, Taysom Hill. Do you feel the same way? Does Taysom Hill come to mind when you see that helmet? Yes, I do. Every single time <laughs> I think of the leap, the shirt you were wearing, yep. that is exactly what I think. I think of Taysom Hill. I also think of Ricky Williams right away and just the dreads and winning the Heisman and everything. But Taysom Hill and what he did what he did to Texas, uh, yeah, that's what we think of here, right? They have nightmares about the white dude with the knee brace running for 259 in 2013 and, of course, 2014, just wrecking them, what, 41-7? I mean, this is this is one of the greatest plays. It would history. be a different story if it were only us or this side of the you know, of the game yeah. that brought it up. Yeah. People from Texas still no, they, bring this up. They still do. So, they, like, like, <laughs> what is it in Lion King? They say Mufasa, ooh, like Taysom Hill, ooh, to Texas yeah. fans. <laughs> All right, Anthony Trashless Algier, we mentioned this in uh, headlines, as his number four running back in this year's draft. If he's fourth, if he's the fourth running back taken, what round do you think that will be? Around third. So I looked at the last three years, uh, fourth running back taken in the drafts. Uh, third round, second round in 2020, third round in 2019. Third round would be awesome. That would be great. A day two guy would be great. I'm th- I'm hoping he doesn't slide to day three in like a fourth round situation. But it, if he is indeed the fourth running back taken, it'll be in the top three rounds. We hope he stays kind of in that top five range. Yeah, look, I've said multiple times that beginning in the third round, that's when I'm going to start paying attention to see where he goes. Now, certainly if he goes higher than that, I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. But that's where I'm going to start paying attention. Fourth seems about where I would expect. But starting in the third, that's when you need to start looking to see when his name is called. Is Mark Pope skydiving or on a normal flight in this photo? I'm going to be honest with you. I thought when I saw this, he was getting ready to jump out of the plane with with a parachute (laughs) on his back. I thought he was going skydiving. But I I don't know. It's not explained. I'm, 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 I'm guessing he's in a third world country on a plane. Um because there's some chain link on that emergency exit door. And that's okay. Um, because we know that he's gone to Africa multiple times to recruit. There's uh-huh. three players from Africa on the team, which is amazing. So, yeah, maybe he was skydiving. I don't know. <laughs> I like that he had the uh, March Madness mask from 2021. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, last year. All right, uh, 43.2%, to be precise, of golfers in a recent survey said that they would shave their head to play a round of golf at Augusta. Jerem, would you shave your head again to play at Augusta? Yes. Yes, 100%. I got the golf itch right now, though. Like normal me, maybe not, but I have the golf itch right now. Uh, not being a golf guy, I'll go ahead and keep my hair. Yeah. 
All right. Give nice hair. Looks great. Thank you. Looks Thank great. you very much. All right, coming up, more national awards finalists for BYU. And how does a 1.97 ERA sound? That's what star pitcher Chloe Temples has. She's joining us in studio. And we'll talk about the amazing game against Iowa State last week. Nine runs with two outs. This is BYU Sports Nation. There's Chloe. There she is. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We've got a softball doubleheader coming up on Thursday as BYU hosts former conference opponent New Mexico. Watch the action beginning at 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Softball's crushed it this year. They're fantastic. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. They've won 8 of 9, including a series against Iowa State as seen on BYU TV and the app where something incredible happened, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. So let's set the scene. Fifth inning, game one of uh, last Thursday, or excuse me, Friday. BYU's trailing three to two in the bottom of the fifth inning. There are two outs. BYU softball then went on to score nine runs, all with two outs in the bottom of the fifth inning for a mercy rule victory over Iowa State. That's incredible. That if is you lead, nuts. If you're the home team and you lead by eight after, after five, five, you win. Mercy rule. Incredible. I, I, Against future Big 12 yes. foe, Iowa State. And it set the tone. Cougars go on to sweep that. I had never seen anything like that. Amazing. We now bring in the amazing Chloe Temples, a transfer from Stetson U, uh, who's on the team. Chloe, welcome to the program. Great to have you. Yes, thank you. I'm glad to be here today. <laughs> the, the team's crushing it. Um, you guys are playing so well. Let's talk about that Iowa State game, though. And the whole series. I mean, that was a big series for this team. What did it mean to, in that first game, pull off the mercy rule, down 3-2, nine runs in a row? That was wild. Yeah, that was an insane game. I feel like all games, all the games this weekend were really intense. Uh, the other team was very chirpy the whole time, which I feel like motivated <laughs> us a little bit. Like, we got a little bit more intense after that, took it a little bit more personal. I was not in the dugout. Whenever we had that mercy rule, unfortunately, I was warming up. But I could just tell that the intensity, it went to another level. I feel like this team has everything within us. We just have to believe in ourselves. And I feel like that weekend really helped prove to ourselves that we can do it. I want to ask you how, how your arm felt because we were – we guessed that you probably threw at least 200 pitches over the weekend. Yes. How, what, how does your arm feel after that many pitches? And I, and I realize the softball throw is different than a baseball throw, but still it's 200 pitches. Yes. Surprisingly, I was more sore Saturday than I was Sunday. I, I never know. Sometimes it's worse. Sometimes it's better. But I, I feel like when my adrenaline was running, especially when I had to come back in in that last game, I was like jumping up and down on the mound like, okay, you can do Like I had to give myself a little bit more adrenaline to push through, but it was so worth it. It was, it was the best game this year thus far for me. Let's talk about the chirpiness. And, and like when does that get established in the first inning? And how does that manifest itself? Like, what do they do to, they're like, oh, they're talking. We got to talk, we got to talk back or we're not going to talk back. Yeah. How does that work? I remember Saturday when we came out from our batting cages underground, we went to throw and they were in our batting cages on our side and they were yelling Martha and Hunter's name the whole time. So I just assumed they knew, <laughs> I thought they knew Martha and Hunter. I was like, oh, they probably played on travel, a travel ball team with them. And then the first inning started and we were clapping hands right before the first pitch and they were yelling their names again. I was like, do you guys know them? And they're like, no, we don't know them. And I was like, so they're just messing with you guys for no reason? <laughs> and that really heated up one of our coaches too. And they're like, 
that is a rule in baseball and softball. You do not call anybody's name out like that. So I feel like that really just pumped us up right, th- right then and there. Like, okay, we're about to go hard at it right here. <laughs> well, that's you, funny. You certainly, you guys certainly uh, took it I, to him. I would like fans to just yell at Jason <laughs> yeah. when he's doing a game. Jason! Yeah, well... It happens probably more than you would realize. No. Uh, so, all right. So let's get to know you a little bit. So you're you're from Florida. Yes. You went to Stetson in Florida. So what was the journey to BYU like? Tell tell us how you got here. Um, I actually I kind of talked to BYU in high school even, and BYU decided to go another route, and then I ended up at Stetson and. I, Stetson was really hard on me, but I learned so much in those two years, and I don't regret my decision that I wouldn't be the player or person I am today without those two years. And then I ended up back here after all that, mostly for religious reasons. I love my religion, and at this school offers things that no other school can offer to me. And, yeah, now I'm here, and I love every second of it. I'm so appreciative to be on the team. Every day I go out there, I just I love being with the te- my teammates. Everybody's awesome. So, uh you forgave BYU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they, they went in, so they were interested in you, but chose someone else. Yeah. And then later were reinterested, and this time you were ready? Yes. Well, you were ready, it sounds, the first time. Yeah, I yeah. think I was ready before. But <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, what's it been like being at BYU now that you're here? Because it sounded like you wanted to be here the first time. Yes, it's it's been a big transition for sure. I didn't think I'd be homesick since I already did the whole like, oh, I've already been at college, you know, I've been away from home. But it's crazy how different the culture and everything is for sure. And not saying it's a bad thing, but it's just something I've never experienced in my life. It's unique. Yes, for sure. And so I feel like getting used to that my first semester was definitely a change. The weather was a big change. I've never seen snow before until last semester. (laughs) You've never seen seen it? No, not once. So it was insane. The first time it snowed, it like... There was a bunch of snow, and it was. Ins- I didn't have any shoes. I was very ill-prepared <laughs> for say, that did day. Did you have a big jacket? Did you have gloves? Yes, I just yeah. had normal yeah. tennis shoes on. I almost slipped like the first two seconds I walked outside. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we noticed during the game that you, it, at least it looked like you you wrote a T into the, the circle, into the dirt. We, we asked Coach Eakin, because uh, he joins us during the broadcast, and he says, well, you know, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. You'll have to ask her. Now that we have you here... What's, what were you writing and what's the significance of that? Well, I'm from the Bible Belt. So you don't go into any Southern woman's home and you don't see a cross <laughs> hanging up somewhere. And so I started doing that whenever I was a freshman in high school playing on the varsity team. And I would get a little bit nervous in the bigger games because softball is huge in my hometown. Like everybody comes. And so I just started doing that whenever I was 15 years old because I feel like it serves as a purpose and like a reminder to me, like Heavenly Father is out there with me. He's out there with everybody right now. And to trust in his plan, no matter what's going to happen, like he's taken me this far and that he's going to keep me going this in whatever direction that he wants me. And so I, I ultimately play for his glory. And that's what it reminds me of. I love that. That's very cool. That's super personal and awesome. I, that's fantastic. We're talking to Chloe Temples here on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, seven and two. 1.97 ERA. You happy with your numbers so far? They're pretty good. I'm happy with them, but obviously I always want them better. <laughs> I try not to look at the numbers in the middle of the game because I don't want to get caught up in that those kinds of things, but I'm always pushing to be better. I always can get that ERA down a little bit more, get a few more strikeouts. <laughs> so I'm not sure how much more uh, down it can go. 1.97 <laughs> is pretty good. We wanted to ask you as well about playing with the face mask. So some pitchers choose this. Obviously, you're 60 feet away, right? Yes. Or, or No, 43. it's closer, 43, yeah. right? The base is 60. Line drives are a reality. Oh, um, yeah. 
When did you start wearing the mask? Did you get hit or was is it just precaution? I feel like my family has always tried to get me to wear one my whole life, and I was super stubborn, super hard-headed. Like, I am definitely not wearing a mask. I can't even concentrate with one on. And then my uh, 10th grade year, we, I was warming up beside the field, and there was a team playing before us. It was like a tournament type thing. And I saw a girl get line drived, and they had to bring the ambulance out onto the field. And I was super scared because we were about to play in like 30 minutes. And I looked around, and I was like, does anybody have a face mask that they don't use? <laughs> and so I've worn a face mask ever since that day. <laughs> and now I feel like I can't play without it. Like when I go out there, I need to have that with me. <laughs> so you have New Mexico coming in. I know I know there's some important games next week. You've got a, you've got a game against Utah and then conference play starts. But you have the Lobos coming in first. What, what are your thoughts on this this series against New Mexico coming in? I'm excited for this. I hope that we keep the our momentum going in the right direction. I feel like we're coming off a high weekend with Iowa State, but we definitely aren't losing sight. We're not getting our heads too high up in the clouds. We're, we've been working hard and we're excited to go hard this weekend as well. Hopefully everybody gets a chance to do their part. Absolutely. Okay, tomorrow night, uh, 7 Eastern time on the BYTV app, BYU and New Mexico in a doubleheader. Shep on the call. Yep. Let's go. Okay, Chloe. Let's go. We appreciate the time. Thanks for coming. Awesome. In. Thank you. Do you mind signing our flag? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So just, wa- just watch your step here. Yep. Um, we've always wanted someone Sign. from Stetson. Wherever you want, you can sign it. sign. And so here we are. Chloe Temples. Awesome. Okay, what's coming up? Sean? All right, coming up, our elite voice of the day. And today's Rise and Shout Out, this is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio app. Or you can download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. Band of brothers. Broncos influence is still here today. Our question of the day. What does the men's basketball roster need to add to next year's team to make it back to the NCAA tournament? Brian Buss on Twitter. We need multiple pieces added, including a point guard and experience big. Yep, we talked about that. Then we need a lot of player development. Can Foose play the four? Yes. Uh, Loner George Knight need to develop consistent shot from three. Sure, absolutely. Uh, have better ball handling. Loner's a four, so I don't need his ball handling per se. Um, then can Nell Johnson be the shooting guards? Yes, and shooting guard slash small forward is the same. Yeah, two, yeah the, the two and yeah, three today. position are very interchangeable. Yeah, it is interesting. Can, because, look, there are 21 shots a game just gone, poof, with Lucas and Barcelo gone. Who's, who's going to take those? I anticipate the guys on the team are anxious to take those. But I think that BYU is going to bring in probably two in the backcourt that will help with that. And you obviously need uh, – BYU doesn't need, like, senior experience to help. They just need straight production, homie. Like, get guys that are going to score and win matchups and at the end of the shot clock uh, make a play. We, we saw how powerful a great backcourt can be. San Francisco, I thought BYU's backcourt was better than San Francisco's going into the year. San Francisco had a tremendous backcourt that got them into the dance um, in Jamari Bouye and Khalil Shabazz, um, despite the, the mask with Shabazz breaking his <laughs> nose. BYU needs uh, you know, some real experience in the backcourt there, especially a point guard. Well, and Got to have it. I'm curious to see what the offense looks like next year, not just because of the potential of new players at some key positions, but also, look, sometimes when you go through a BYU did this last year where you were forced to play a different way, 
you know, when you look back on it, like, okay, well, that's not what we intended to do, but there were aspects of it that we like and we want to implement. So I'm kind of the scheme talking about the scheme and dribble handoff. Well, but just even I'm just talking about, you know, they went, they probably, well, not probably, they went a lot smaller than what they were originally planning on doing, I'm going to assume. So the fact that, you know, like, this aspect of playing small, we like. We can use this. So it's we'll, we'll do what we want, but, man, we really liked what when we played this way, how we were able to get this shot. So I'm excited to see what the offense looks like because it's probably going to yeah. be a little bit of a hybrid between maybe what they thought last year's offense would be, and this is going to depend on personnel, but then also what the offense turned into. Yes, and uh, Caleb Boner sh- certainly needs to shoot the three better. Uh, does Foose need to develop a three-point shot mildly just to drag a defender out? I'm not sure. Because he kind of played the five quite a bit. But, yes, ideally you bring in a big where Foose plays the four. Well, He's not I, playing the and five. And I don't, I don't know if I want Foose away from the rim. That's where he does his damage. And where he rebounds so well. Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, the Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Dan Met on Twitter. Jimmer. That's an, a- <laughs> that's an ambitious ad this year to get Jimmer <laughs> Did he have a COVID year? Can he come back for one more? Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Shout out to Braden Woodall, who won the Independent Conference Video... It's a conference? What? Video Coordinator of the Year. He's a finalist for National Video Coordinator of the Year. Uh, he does a tremendous job. He helps me every week with the film room uh, in football season. I yeah, love Braden. Yeah, that's, that's really cool, and congratulations to him. And he has a deep blue if you haven't seen it. It's, it's compelling and rich. Uh, also, how about uh, a, a rise and shout-out to BYU Baseball for continuing the dominance against the Conference of Champions. Thanks, Bill Walton. <laughs> BYU versus the Pac-12, dude. It's been awesome. It's a, it's a real thing. Here's, here's the thing. The football schedule's got, not going to be as easy next year because BYU didn't have as many Pac-12s on it. So it's just, it's you know, we're actually going to have to play teams from the SEC and Notre Dame, so in the Big 12. All right, our thanks to today's guests, Chad Lewis and Chloe Temple. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Ashley Robinson. Baseball getting after it. Softball on deck. Alumni game tomorrow night and a softball doubleheader. Oh, we're still busy in the end of March. Let's go, Cougs.